listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Happy Monday. We're recording on Monday. Uh, This is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. And this is the Inclusive (laughs) AF podcast coming to you with a Round two, we'll call it uh, V2. I don't even know what we episode. I, will, I won't call it episode two because we've had about 60 or 70 episodes. <laughs> I don't even know what episode we're on. Um, but V2 of our friend, Elena Joy Thurston. She is joining us today to have some fun. So Elena, welcome. Well, thank you. So happy to be here. This is fabulous. <laughs> we've missed you. We've so missed glad. You. Yes. <laughs> you you guys were my first like i had this new thing going on and i was like i got to talk to jackie and katie first like this yes is, yeah. we love that we love that we love that so uh what's new what's been going on how are things uh, since the last time we recorded with you any um well first of all how's the family let's start there Whew. family is good family is good i have my second oldest is graduating this year and he is like, not about it. I just found out he didn't order his cap and gown. Like, oh, I know he doesn't want to go to graduation. I'm forcing him to walk at graduation. He is student body president, y'all. Uh-uh. Yes. And so finally we had a sit down last night and he was like, mom, I didn't go to school for a year and a half. I don't feel yeah. like a senior. I didn't get a high school experience. I'm not ready to be done and move on, but everyone's telling me I need to be and mm. I need to move on. Mm. And it's just like, oh, honey. Well, if, <sighs> if you need them, I have TJ's um, graduation notes that are still on his bed where he left them. <laughs> and you can just use a marker. I mean, that's reduce, reuse, recycle. It's almost there Earth Day. <laughs> Let's just celebrate through that. Because what do you do with old graduation notes? Nothing. I'm going to send him out when he graduates from college. That's what I'm going to do. I'll just do it. (laughs) Same card, right? He graduated Um, from something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jackie has a graduate coming up too. I don't know if you know this. Yes. Oh my God. Literally. So Katie and I got to spend some time last week. I'm like on the plane or it was like the day before I was going to leave. And I'm like, hey, I see this thing. And it's like 28 days left. And I'm like, I said, Katie running in the house. And she's like, uh, I am not ready right now for this business. Uh, so Clay is graduating. Yes. Clay and- is graduating college with a math degree. Wow. Smarty so we pants. can ship them off to NYC. Whew. Yeah, they already have a job. Yeah, secured. They yep. are rocking it, oh and such exciting stuff. So I, I like that. I like helping with the announcement. As if no, <laughs> Auntie Katie can. <laughs> but actually, it's kind of relevant to what we're going to be talking about today. Because if you don't mind me sharing, I yeah. was looking. Clay is on LinkedIn, and it's Clay Clayton, and on their um. On last week, um, they had posted uh, something that I thought was really special. And it said that, please hold, scrolling, scrolling. (laughs) And (laughs) they said, it was said, the dance you do when you're in your last semester and you swamped with exams, but you get 
around to updating your resume with your preferred name and pronouns. It is so refreshing to know that as I evolve into an amazing and intelligent trans non-binary individual, the stigmas and culture of STEM industries is following suit, ensuring that people like myself and so many others can share a passion for changing the world through tech in a self and safe and welcoming environment. And then said, P.S. You can find my super fresh resume in the featured section of my profile because they're my kid. <laughs> so, I mean, what do you do? Oh. But I, I mean, it just goes to show you, I mean, it's part of kind of what we're going to end up talking about some of the things that you are doing moving forward and having a trans non-binary kid that's always your biggest with all of your kids, whether it's like, you know, make sure you take a tissue and you're covering your mouth and you're washing your hands and you just want them to be safe in this world, right? Right, that's right. You want them to be safe and they're really guiding the way on how we're going to find that safety and find that success in this next 25 years. Like it is our Gen Z kids that are gonna figure it out and guide the way for us. Thank goodness, cause we need yes. it. <laughs> right yes well yes. i think it, it harkens back to you know our first conversation when you joined us of just you know this constant evolution that you've gone through and are still going through sure. and i think this is the piece that is so i'm going to say fun obviously there are definitely bumps and bruises and a lot of things that have occurred but also just the fun of like coming into yourself mm. and you know and i i think you know for for Jack and I, we have watched, uh, you know, as you are evolving and as you are, you know, kind of coming into yourself even more than you were the last time we talked, it's just so cool and so fun for us personally. Um, so thank you for, for allowing us to kind of share in your journey, but you have some exciting stuff coming up that you, uh, you want to talk about, and we're excited to, to share this platform, share on this platform. Um, so what you got for us? Yeah, so there, it's this new concept I've been developing and I'm starting to get books for keynotes on it, which is so exciting because people are finding value in it because that's how all of my talks start is like little snippets that I put on Instagram or TikTok or LinkedIn, right? And then when I realize, oh, this resonates, like people want, this is what's needed. Okay, so let's go down that path. So for myself, I, hired an assistant. Uh, they are now our director of operations with the Pride and Joy Foundation, and they are a non-binary person. And they entered into my world as a non-binary person, right? So that transition didn't happen. I just saw them as non-binary. Um, and I've never had that before. And I'm, I'm sure that Jackie can definitely contribute to this conversation. Having a trans non-binary person in your life changes the way you think about almost everything. <laughs> Right. And it started with pronouns because my assistant is six feet tall, really pretty features. Right. So physically, their face is very pretty and they have this long, beautiful, gorgeous hair. Right. So, of course, everyone misgenders them, calls them she, her all the time. And I loved before I even understood like the gender binary and what does it really mean to be non-binary? What I got real quickly was that when I advocated for them when they didn't have to advocate for themselves and correct someone else in the meeting right when i could do that for them like 
it was like giving them a big hug right through the zoom call like it was massive to see how that affected them so i was like i can do this i can't pay them as much as i want to pay them but i can certainly advocate for them so that really got me thinking like really what is this non-binary thing and how how is it connected to trans where is it on the gender spectrum right and i realized that the binary is when we think about gender it is male versus female and if you're not male you're female if you're not female you're male right it's just one or the other but quantum computing is really influencing the way we're thinking about the world because it's showing us that two things that are polar opposites like zero and one can exist in the same place at the same time right so we're now applying that thinking to all different kinds of ways and one of the ways is gender right so it's not um well, some days I'm male and some days I'm female, or I grew up male and now I'm presenting as female. Like it's actually not that, it's actually outside of that binary. It is non-binary, right? So then I started thinking like, how does that apply to my life and how can I open that up? And I realized there were so many ways that I thought this is right and this is wrong. And I took that thinking, which really came from my Mormon background. I mean, one of the big things that they say in Mormonism and that I said for a long time is there is one true church. There's one truth, right? And I was taking that thinking into how I was interacting with coworkers and to everything and realizing now like, oh, there's just nuance. And I came into my sexuality even thinking like, if you're not for me, you're against me. Right. If you're not fighting for my rights, then you're against my rights. Like I really had that binary, like really strongly in place. And the more I could like loosen that up, the more I could like one problem solve two be innovative three connect authentically to people, because now all of a sudden, because I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there, especially women like myself, who went through a period of you're a white straight man. I have nothing to say to you. <laughs> right. Like there is that you are one person and i don't even want to interact with you i i know i went through that and it wasn't helping me in any way shape or form so the more i was able to recognize that when these red flags were popping up either in my professional life in my personal life it was based on binary thinking and the more i could break that down and apply non-binary thinking the more success and fulfillment that i found in my life so that's kind of it in a nutshell <laughs> I can appreciate that. And I remember um, Clay, you know, being a math major and calling me and being like, Mom, I selected math because I knew exactly what I was doing. But did you know one could be 0 0.9999999999 or 1.0111111? But we just call it one? Like, there's no <laughs> such thing as one. Like it's infinite. And I was like, uh, right. No, because I'm not a math major, but <laughs> understood where they were coming from. It's the same thing with colors. Like you can't just say brown or black. And I think what's so important in thinking of it in terms of that is that a lot of times we just don't have the word for mm -hmm. it right um you can look at the history of lots of things even colors you hear about yes. different animals having different spectrums and mm -hmm. we just call it green because that's all we can see but mm -hmm. somebody else might have a, you know another name for it and so it exists we have to come up with the language and that's why it's so important what you're doing and sharing the language because now that we have the language for it okay then we can do that 
right? Mm -hmm. Right. And when we go into diversity in the workplace and thinking like, okay, what is diversity? Let's define it. And so many companies feel like, okay, diversity means we need to have a woman on the board. We need to have a person of color on the board. And if we're real lucky, we're going to have a person that's in a wheelchair on the board. And that's going to be what diversity looks like, right? And when we open it up and a beautiful part of non-binary thinking is realizing it's not right versus wrong, it's impact. Are you making, are you having the impact that you want to make? And so is that diversity on your board? Is it having the impact that you want it to make? It's not right or wrong. And straight white man who feels like I'm a jerk all the time. If I open my mouth and I'm perceived as a jerk, right? It's not, are you a jerk? Or are you not? Right? It is that nuance of what is the impact that you're making? And is it your binary thinking that's creating the impact that you don't want it to have? Fair. Yeah, and I think this is so you all, Elena, I know you've met Rowdy and obviously we've had Rowdy Duncan on uh, the show before and he and I got into a conversation from the like from the perspective like ind indigeneity and the idea of the there is no binary and you have, you know, these two spirited folks and some of these other things. And so it's also the the reason why we have it's either this or that on so many levels is because as humans, we can't wrap our head around. It can be both. We have to categorize. We have to have things in a box that we can understand that's simple. And so I think that's part of it as well that, you know, we're, you know, as we're talking about these things, it's also, it's okay to not know, mm -hmm. which again, you know, blows people's minds and it's okay to have it be both. And it's okay, like, it's okay to just have this be something that's undefined or have this be something that isn't labeled and easy to recognize. We can go, that's the thing. And that's what that is. Mm -hmm. And when you're especially thinking about like nature and, you know, the tree in the backyard that has a spirit that has whatever, you know, to it that creates life, all of these things kind of add up and it, it, sorry, I'm like, I'm going off on a I tangent know, right? it's like. <laughs> It's all coming full circle right now, but it is that the, we are so used to the labels and the having a box that's either this or that it's just, it's very, very hard to slow down and go, let's think about this a little bit and what is the right thing and how do we approach this or how do we, how are we more inclusive? And I, I just love the whole idea of just that, what is the future of work and how are we going to think about this differently? Right. But you can learn. I don't want to say hard because like laying tile is hard. Like True. this isn't that it just is a, a reminder. You need, it just needs practice, I think. Right. It's because different. I agree. It's Katie, different. Like our brains are wired in a certain way to want that organization. Like that is how the alphabet mafia, the LGBTQIA, like that's how that came up is because we wanted to categorize people. Which category, which letter are you? in right which silo and what's amazing is that gen z has completely reclaimed the word that we thought was absolutely horrible 20 years ago which is queer right they've completely renamed it and they've said there are no more silos gender is fluid sexuality is fluid if you're queer you're part of the family period which i find fascinating <laughs> And you've gone through so much, you know, right? So you have your own journey where it's like, wait, what? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And I think that's what's influencing work right now. Like what we're seeing a huge frustration level. If you think back like 10, 20 years, the big tension at work was the boomers and the millennials, right? That's what every HR article was about was boomers struggling with millennials and the millennials struggling back. And how do we resolve that? And what we're looking at in the next 10 years is Gen X and Gen Z, right? So you have these Gen X women. I'm a young Gen Xer and it is we grew up with Sheryl Crow. We grew up with Alanis Morissette. We grew up with Sex in the City, right? And so we were yelling, screaming, growling, doing whatever we needed to do to try to acquire that equity that we knew we were worthy of. We just didn't know how to get it. But it felt like if we try hard enough, long enough, we're going to get there. We're going to close the pay gap and the orgasm gap if we just have enough time to work on this problem, right? And then along comes Gen Z. And a great example of them is Billie Eilish, this incredible singer, right? Who early on in her career, she's still a minor and she's about to explode. And she's looking at what happened to her idols, Britney, Miley, how sexualized they were as teenagers. And she just opts out, which is what all of Gen Z has figured out how to do. She opted out, meaning she chose an incredible fashion style that no one could tell what an amazing body she had, which meant that her sexuality had nothing to do with how she was promoted to her fan base and became a massive success by opting out of the struggle, which I think is fascinating. But what you have then there's Gen Xers who have tried to win the struggle for so long and the Gen Zers are coming into the workplace not caring about the struggle. They've opted out. And so there's that tension there that lies there. And without the non-binary thinking, it can't get resolved. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Well, and I think it also goes to, you know, going back to kind of the what is diversity question or what, what we all think of diversity I think especially for white women, it is the, hey, there is this idea of like, oh, we made it. But then it was like, oh, no, we need to bring other folks along. And now it's the, okay, how do we wrap our heads around this? Yes. And support folks in the right way, because we haven't done a good job of it in the past, to be clear. And so how do we do it the right way as we think about this? And, And I love the idea of opting out because I think that's what some of this needs is just the... I'm not playing this game. And I mean, we all grew up in the era of you had to, well, if you just act more like a man, if you just emulate the men in the room, then you're going to get ahead. And it doesn't work. And we know it doesn't work. And you can wear as many power suits as you want. That's not going to be the thing. And so like the fact that this group of young people is finding their way in their own way Mm -hmm. 
is amazing. And like, and that's the part that I think is so cool is that we're kind of watching this somewhat from the sidelines going, holy crap, like this is (laughs) happening and they're doing this and this is amazing. And that's the part also, I think it's just, it's awesome. So I love that you're having this talk. So when are you like, have you already done this talk? No, not yet. Um, okay. I've pitched it to a few different HR conferences in the fall, okay. so I'm waiting to hear awesome. from them. But yeah, it's resonating a lot on social media, which I find yeah. incredible. And the two groups that seem to resonate the most with it are the Gen Xers and the Gen Zers, because you have Gen X like female managers saying, okay, I have this intern and I want to give them all these opportunities. I created a women's leadership program and I want to make sure that they get involved in that, right? Or there's a grant available out there for women, right? Like, I want to make sure that this next generation has that. And Gen Z is saying, I'm not a woman. And even if I identify that way, I don't want this assistance that you're giving me to my productivity because I actually don't care. Right. And it's so hard for Gen X to wrap their mind around it. And it's causing this crazy tension that we're trying to figure out how to resolve. And we've got to figure it out because we have found that 30% of Gen Z is identifying as not strictly heterosexual. Like they won't even answer the question. If you say, check the box, are you LGBTQ, right? Check the box. The millennials will check the box. The Gen Xers will check the box. The boomers will check the box. Gen Z just won't. They won't answer the question. So if you ask them, are you strictly heterosexual? 30% of them say no. And now what we're finding is 38% of them are identifying as either trans or non-binary. So if we're looking at the future of work in the next 10 years, yeah, the, the binary thinking is what's either going to crush us or the dismantling of it is what's going to open up all the creative solutions. You know, that that makes me think, we had somebody who applied at our company last week or so and immediately sent me a note to let me know it was the first time that they could identify as their true selves on a job application. And we didn't have a job for them, but they wanted to still talk to us and keep us in mind because they felt like they could be their true selves. And I think part of what needs to be dismantled as we have this this conversation is the expectations. And I think that's where some of this stuff lies. So if I do identify as women, that means this, right? Mm-hmm, this means exactly. I have to be, I have to want children and I have to want to be married and I want somebody to take care of me. And I don't want any of that. Mm-hmm. But I don't so want to take care of anybody else either. Does, right? that, does that make yeah. me less of a woman? And does that make me a man if I, but I don't want to take care of anybody else or whatever? Mm-hmm. What do I do if I just want to take care of myself and be my best self? Mm-hmm. Right? And, right. And I think we have to figure out, allow people to be themselves. Mm. And, and allow them space to figure out what themselves mean. Right? Like, right. because of my assistant, I was able to say like, okay, I just kind of defaulted to woman, but am I? Like, I have the freedom and the space here to really consider that question and to experiment with not shaving my legs, right? Like that had never happened since I was 11 years old. (laughs) And to go six months without shaving my legs really had me question, like, is this femininity and why? And is this a part of womanhood that I want to retain? And now when I go online and I say, okay, I'm Elena Joy, my pronouns are she, her, that denotes that I identify as a woman. I want to have like an asterisk to be Mm -hmm. like, this is, I chose, I looked at all the options 
And this is the option that fits me best, right? Like it's not default, it's not because it's assigned, it is because I've explored everything and this feels really, really good to me. And I feel like I wanna like open up those options to all of our Gen Zers and all of our Gen Xers. Can you imagine if everyone was able to like really question what parts of femininity and masculinity are truly a part of me and what has just been kind of assigned to me? I think that I think we're seeing that a lot with religion as well. Ooh. We're starting to see where people are like, I need to figure this out and not just get it handed down because we're seeing what negative, dangerous lies that have been passed down that we have to break if we're going to come together in this world or in this country. And 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 at some point they're gonna have to break because there's just not enough room. Like you can't ask all the questions, right? <laughs> It'll just be like forever. And I was How like, many this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's like, are you man, woman? Are you this age or that age? Are you do this or you do that? And it's like, what do you really want to know? Because that, yeah, I'm not, I'm not helping you by answering those questions, right? And I see that really coming in the recruiting side of it, right? Like, if a job opens up or a job is created, right? And oftentimes, what we default to is the perfect person for this job would have this type of degree and would have this many years of experience in this field, right? Whereas another way to approach it with less binary thinking is what kind of impact does the person in this position need to have? And have they proven that impact in the past? Like that opens it wide up, right? And allows us to truly value the end result that we're really looking for versus the check boxes. Well, and I think that's something that, you know, when you talk about performance reviews, when you talk about looking at folks, you know, one of the, the major, you know, kind of things that have held people back are those those biases that people hold. Mm -hmm. And if you just focus on performance outcomes, how are they living the values of the organization, whatever it might be, like whatever your criteria are, the more that you focus just on outcomes, not what is the role, here's the job description, here's whatever. Um, I've never been a fan of job descriptions because a, the minute you say, yes, this is done, it changes. But also because of the fact that it can just be riddled with bias depending on who you're talking about and what's going on. And so, and it's also, as we know, outcomes haven't mattered in the past. Truly, if we think about who has gotten the promotion, right. the mm -hmm. leadership position, the this, the that, the other thing, outcomes has been fifth or sixth on the list. It's, you know, who's going out and having beers or who's yeah. fun in the office or whatever, you know, who's the son of whomever. Mm -hmm. um you know it's so it, it is just interesting the more we can focus on outcomes but but i go back to and this is part of the issue too is just the labeling and that is where everyone myself included like gets stuck because it is a you know i mean obviously and jackie in my world you know it is the we need to track diversity so how do you do that if you're not put you know putting people in a certain bucket to be able to track numbers and that kind of thing but also the labels, they are constantly evolving at this point. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, like, and I'll give you a great example. And Jackie and I were talking about this last week. So, you know, you have usually uh, when you're talking about race and ethnicity, you have, you know, white, Caucasian, Euros, you know, whatever you want to call it. You have black, African-American, and then you have Asian. And Asian can mean 
you know, however many different countries, however many different, you know, all of the different pieces when you think Basically about the a third of the world. <laughs> correct. Correct. Because you can be, you know, you know, Pacific Islander from Hawaii, from I, I'm, you know, Chinese, uh, Indi Eastern Indian, all of these different things, but it's Asian. And, you know, and we were talking, you know, in an episode that is coming out shortly that, you know, as we talk about the hate and the discrimination and the attacks on Asian Americans, the bucket that that also encompasses is huge, huge. And, and so yeah, again, how do you step back from that and go, how do we think about this differently? But also, how do we change the minds of people to just well, stop doing those things would be one area, of, <laughs> but also just to stop with the labeling and stop yeah. with the othering of people. One of the nonprofits that I've worked with, I found it fascinating. They had started the nonprofit with the idea of they wanted a diverse board of directors, right? And so that meant they went to the default. They looked for certain people of color. They looked for gender representation. They looked for ability representation. And then they realized that was creating a bias that they didn't want to have. And so they looked at what the impacts that they wanted to have, and they decided that the, the diversity that they were going towards was for lived experiences. They wanted a diversity of lived experience. So regardless of what a person's skin color was, or regardless of what their gender that they identified was, they were asking, what is your lived experience? Have you gone through, right? It might be economic hard times. It might be struggling through a chronic illness or a disability, right? And finding the way to live with that. And, and they helped their board of directors see like, we are homogenous, not because of what is visible, but because our lived experiences are almost all exactly the same thing. And so that's what we're looking for, right? Yes. And I, it is so fascinating because you have these lived experiences. And I think that's the piece also that the storytelling, you know, I love when we can sit down and just share stories and hear stories from different folks. And, you know, that's always the work that I love doing the most with different groups and not from a, Hey, give us the experience of all white women from Arizona. No. Uh, you know, I, it's more the, just tell me what has occurred in your life. Tell me what your life story is. Tell me how you grew up, whatever that might be, whatever story they want to share. And the humanizing of people, when you do that, when you share mm -hmm. those stories completely shifts the conversation. And it's, it, I mean, it, we all know, you know, it's a lot harder to hate someone, you know, and you know, and so there is that piece that's just when they're sharing stories, like what happens and how the energy in the room shifts, the energy, whatever you, it's just, it's so fascinating as well. So, I mean, this is the part too, that I think we're having young people that are sharing their stories and, and not trauma stories. I don't mean like, but right. just sharing like their stories of here's where I am and why I'm thinking about this, this way. And it's a, so much more advanced and mature than <laughs> so many of us at our yeah. own, you know, at our ages. Um, but there's also like the logic that they have gone through and, and truly thought about, here's why I'm not gonna check a box. Here's why I'm going to do this thing, or here's how I'm evolving. And so Jackie, you know, sharing the, the post from Clay, that's a great example of we're in a time that they're able to do these things and they're able to have this different experience. 
that 10 years ago probably would not have been a they wouldn't have been able to do five years ago yeah. right right absolutely absolutely yeah it is incredible to think about the company that gets to hire clay and how they are going to break down problems and solve those problems is going to be a completely different experience than someone who lived a cisgender life. And I'm saying that as a cisgender person, right? They attack issues in a completely different way than I do. I separate them. I categorize them. I say this is good and this is bad and we're going to get rid of the bad and that's going to make the situation good. Whereas so many trans and non-binary people who grew up within that binary but not living that binary can say, yeah, the, there is no good and bad. There's just nuance and there's there's the good, the impact that we want to have and the impact that we don't want to have, because so that, often they've experienced the impact that they didn't want to have. I, you're right. You're right. Sorry that I jumped in there, but yeah. it goes to like people who really are doing the job of inclusion and belonging mm -hmm. understand that. And I think that is what always makes me sad when I do talk to someone who's like, oh, I'm a white middle aged guy cisgender guy like you don't want to hear from me no right. i do want to hear from you that's right um because i don't know what your experience is and there's only been a handful of times that i can tell you that i've been brought to a conversation that i felt like oh my god i'm not supposed to be here like i'm not oh i is this how people talk it's like yes this is how white people talk when there's nobody black around and i was like holy crap this is scary um and i wouldn't have like access to that I wouldn't mm -hmm. have access to those things. Um, and I think that what is it being, that's part of the true self is being, feeling safe. We just, we have to create these safe environments for people to be able to bring that. Um, and people aren't changing who they are, they're changing where they are. That's how, you know, we try to put that together of where they, um, where they come, where they come to work it's interesting because clay has the the one burden of being working at amazon next year and then Ooh. the other part about being in new york city at the mm. same time um but fully went through a whole thing we'll talk about it one day over cocktails fully went through a whole thing they they know who clay is except Clay for who they are that has already been done we've already gone over that with the people at amazon everything's thumbs up and they're about to go to work um but i think it's i just think like through time we start to see things different and i think i even talked about this the last time i bring it up all the time i don't know if anybody's taken me up on it i always say to watch 21 jump street like the new 21 jump street movie and how it was so funny when they went back and um the guy the cool guy was trying to be all cool right. and being mean and he was being a bully and they were like oh my god like we don't, nobody does that right and that was like the full generation that we were in yes and we're like what <laughs> I, mean, I remember talking to a, a hiring manager um at a company i worked at previously and i was like well we can like, like we could search for people and we want to have various voices let's make sure that we have a representative lgbtq tia plus ellipsis ellipsis let's make sure that we have all these people and it's like well i don't think anybody wants to be i identify i don't want to call somebody out for being gay i'm like okay don't bring out somebody who's like fully in the closet that hasn't come 
good idea. Let me right. talk about these other people. Like it's fine for them to identify in this way um, and bring people who are willing to talk about these topics that have so much to add. Those are the people that we want to talk to. And it's like they couldn't get past that. Like they just were taught like this is good. This is bad. This is right. This is wrong. I'm very to much worried that our white cis population is moving towards, okay, there's a right way to talk to people of color and I'm going to figure out the right way. And then I won't be a jerk, right? It's like that happens. No, if you want to put the sound bite, it's just not. It's not, not. and not. it's also it creates, it makes diversity, equity, inclusion not sustainable. It's the reason why we have so many advocates in the DEI community burning out. It's the reason why we have ERG groups that are not working and not lasting more than a year or two or three, because it's not sustainable that way. There's not a right way to do this. There is a way to have the impact that we want to have, but there's not a right or wrong way to be a person trying to learn. As long as you're trying to learn, and that's what we always say. It's like it's learning. You're not failing. And I have several teammates because you know I'm at Textio. Language is really important. Um, and as we evolve, someone asked. They were like, sometimes I feel like people aren't talking. And I was like, just like everyone else, we're all scared. Like we know more than anybody else. Yes. That words can be problematic. Yes. And we've got 30 minutes in this meeting, and sometimes it's like, uh. uh I don't know what to say, <laughs> right? It's like, I have like this rare form of like outburst that just happens, so I'll say it. Um, but it's like allowing people to do that. And and I and a part of what we teach in diversity and inclusion is that you have to accept somebody else's truth for what it is, and then have a discussion around that instead of trying to change them. So if they think, you know, if that's what their vision of the world is it's like let's talk about it instead of telling somebody they're right or wrong let's talk more about that let's see how we got there because a lot of times the journey to how they got there um to katie's point of telling these stories is very insightful it helps us understand each other and we can connect on a different level and then it makes more sense than just taking the verb and the noun and freaking out right and decide it, if that was the right way to say that or not yeah right, right. But I think that's also with the whole concept of the non-binary group of humans that are just like, yeah, I don't want to be a trope. I don't want to be the only, I don't want to be what, you know, other, all of these different things that have happened to groups that are not in the majority then, you know, I think there is that piece that is just, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be party to that conversation because I'm just an individual and I want to tell my story and I want to be me, whatever me looks like today, tomorrow, next month, and that evolution that every single one of us is going through. But I agree with you, Jackie, wholeheartedly. It's like the continuous learning. And, you know, Elena, you said it too, like that continuous learning that all of us should be doing is how we actually can I won't say fix this. I, I think it's more that we can understand this better and, and grow from it in a different way than what we have in the past. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, 
thought leaders and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcast, and now available on YouTube. I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. I do think there's like it takes a lot of unlearning, and that's the hard part when you have to start unlearning. You know, like <laughs> I, I guess it was somebody was like I had a friend who was addicted to diet coke, and then they had to stop drinking diet coke because they found out your body responded in such a way that it thought there was sugar in it anyway, and you're storing all this fat even though it's sugar free, and it was just like for them it was like like they had to take three days off, like just couldn't like felt oh betrayed and didn't understand and then it's like what else do i not understand right mm-hmm. and so it's like making sure it's that unlearning of like how can we replace that and so part of the unlearning is to unlearn the hate and try to relearn acceptance um and the celebration in other people's joy because mm. I, I so many times it's just so like why do you freaking care dude like just mm. if I'm happy, let's just celebrate each other's joy instead of trying to be problematic in those moments. If we could just listen more than we speak and offer, you know, offer an ear instead of a criticism, we'd be just far. Is anybody writing this down? This is good stuff. I think we should like turn this into a book. I'm there you sure. go. I was that really sparked this this memory in me. I in my life, I really looked for red flags. I mean, I was a person who didn't realize that I was gay until I was 37, right? So there's a lot like a huge part of my mental focus is what else do I not know about myself? <laughs> right. And so I look for those like little, I call them red flags that pop up that signify to me that oh, there's something I got to dig into. There's something about me that's that's I need to figure out. And so on the beginning of this journey, it was after I had come out, but not really understood gender inclusion. And it was watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Like that's what my entire community does. That's what I should be doing, right? So I'm turning on RuPaul's Drag Race and it's just making me angry. I'm getting angry and gross. And so this is popping up as a red flag to me. So I turn it off and then and I'm spending a few days thinking about what was that? What was that? What about that made me angry? Because at first my instinct was, Elena, you're not supposed to be angry at drag queens. You're a lesbian. You're on the same team. You need to like shut that down. But luckily I've matured enough to realize it's not about shutting it down. It's about finding the source of that. Mm-hmm. And it took a while, but I realized what that was, was my feeling that people who wanted to perform as drag queens we're wanting to pull power from women, mm. take visibility from women, take power from women, right? And it wasn't long after that that I was able to come to a place of no man has ever put on an entire drag persona to take power <laughs> or money from women. <laughs> Turns out. Turns, Turns out. out. That's reality. <laughs> and that's what made me realize like I was really thinking in binary terms. I was really thinking in men and women. And when I opened that up to, oh, those are both made up concepts. We just grouped characteristics into circles and labeled them male and female. And there's actually a whole lot outside of those two circles. That's when I was able to really access, like, now I get it. Now I get the celebration of the nuance that is drag. It's not a power play. 
I, I, you know, and I think about um, um, Gigi Gorgeous, that's now Gigi Getty, um, their story when they like, they came out as gay, and then they came out in trans, as trans, and then they started dating a woman, and they were like, so I'm a lesbian, and then the person that they married transitioned being male, and it was like this whole thing, like you're saying, like, okay, so this, what I'm feeling right now must be, it has to be something, what are the words? Gay, okay, I'm gay. Oh wait, I, why am I attracted to this woman? Oh, I'm a lesbian. Okay, got it. And then it's like, hold up. No, you are attracted to this person, no matter who they are, you love them. And that's what's happening. And the, I don't know if anybody knows Gigi Gorgeous, but I've been watching Gigi Gorgeous for like 20 freaking stupid years. And so <laughs> for people who are like fans, it was like painful to go along this journey, yeah. seeing them struggle through all of these things. And you just want to hug people. And I think that's what is also so painful. Now we're seeing more people that are non-binary and people want to assign anyway, just based, you know, similarly, like Clay's a model, you know, like very petite, you know, has this great hair and gorgeous. Um, and people don't accept them for that. And also think about growing up like that. And if you, I mean, it's not just a mom saying that, like, no, truly, yeah. you know, they are absolutely stunning. But then you think through that, the whole, our whole, uh, like having them, it's like, they shouldn't be in ROTC. They're too pretty to be in ROTC. They're too pretty to do math. They're too pretty to do this, or you shouldn't be excited about that. Or why do you want to be an engine? Like all of that since like first grade, oh, you're supposed to be doing this. Like, this is what this means. And these are the toys you want to play with. And knowing that, you know, that's another stereotype for another day that we can discuss of what we put on people just because of the way that they look mm -hmm. or the things that they like makes a full determination. And so I'm just, like I said, I think this is a new space and um, of it's not a new space, but it's, an, it's something that we need to consider. Everyone needs to consider and learn. And we always say we're, we're not experts, we're students. Mm -hmm. And the more that we learn, we share as we go through this journey together. And I'm just glad that you're on this journey with us, EJ Elena Joy, because you bring me joy. <laughs> That's you. what it is. <laughs> I think one Absolutely. of the huge flags, red flags that's showing up for employers right now is bathrooms. Right. Like it's this simple thing, but it's also an incredibly important thing that you have to have in a workplace is a bathroom. Mm -hmm. And but let's take that a step further and say, actually, what's really needed is a safe place to pee. Yeah. Right. Are your bathrooms safe for your employees? Because it's pretty likely that they're not right. It, can we have non-binary and trans people accessing a safe place to pee on a daily basis? And what kind of non-binary thinking does it take in order to create that solution? Because mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest, those are some the most lawsuits that we're seeing right now, as far as litigation is being based on the harassment that's happening in company bathrooms. It's a fascinating area for people. Oh. To learn. Yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, that one is obviously that's also being used on the opposite side as a reason to legislate mm -hmm. um, conversations and legislate things about, you know, who can and cannot use certain bathrooms. And as we all know on this call, and we can share it with anyone who doesn't know, 
there is no known and no reported ever case of someone who is transgender attacking, approaching uh, a small child or anyone else in the bathroom, because to your point, they just want a safe place to pee. Um, okay, so Elena, yes. tell us, please, where can folks find you if they want to book you for this talk or any talk for that matter? Um, where can they find you? www.elenajoyexperience.com or Ooh, you can find Elena me Joy spicy online. Yes. I, I'm also on Instagram, do a lot of HR stuff on Instagram and do a lot of crazy stuff on TikTok. So if you're in that mode, go there. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm sorry. What? Jackie, did you hear that? She's did she just say the magic words to me? <laughs> Yay. Um, Jackie and I have a, a game we like to play that we started last week while she was here. Um, let's share as many TikTok videos as we yeah. can with each other that like just, you know, bring yeah. us joy. Um, yes. So yeah. it involves All day. a lot of, of animals. <laughs> it involves a lot of, you know, just fun did stuff. Did you all see around. Jojo Siwa and what they did this week? Uh, so no, I heard no. about it. I saw it in People Magazine because they weren't invited to the like kids choice. Yeah, the kids choice awards. Yeah, I mean, when Jojo came out, I can't tell you the amount of Gen, Gen Z kids that were texting me in tears, like messaging me saying, did you hear? Did you hear? It's Jojo. It's Jojo. Like how it impacted Gen Z is beyond me. Yes. And then this week when she debuted that new hairstyle, like Jojo, no bow, no mole. Like what? it is. Oh, <laughs> she's stunning. Uh, is there no well, side pony? Listen, I got it. No. Google. Yeah, you do. Because yeah, that's exactly what that's what? I was like, what happened? Because I remember seeing something and it was the hair. It was the and hair. I blame you, amazing. Katie, for me not amazing. knowing. I, I blame you. you it's should. okay. I am so okay. sorry. All right. It's so all right. while we're Googling that, uh, we're also going to wrap it up. Jack, yeah. what what would you like folks from this episode to know, hear, remember? I need people to know, especially doing this work, if you're just doing race and, and gender, please just stop and reprogram because there's so much hate going on right now against the trans community, the don't say gay in Florida. And of course, if you live in Texas or Arizona, all the things to hate all the people that we have to look at. So it is crisis mode and it's just okay you know we always know that this is happening it's like they just want to pick a group and it's just not cool to pick on this group anymore or this group so let's find a group and it is devastating and so you need to change your programming and you have to vote i know listen it might be a little early but we have midterms coming up and as we're speaking on this we're talking about like gen x we're still like okay nervous ah, okay but then look even younger because the people that we have in place right now are not the ones that are going to be able to support the people in the future so is that one thing it's like 35 things so <laughs> The most important thing right now is change your programming and make sure that you're creating work environments and communities that are safe for these people. And 52, 52 things. And cream is my favorite. Thank you. 52, 52. <laughs> cookies and cream. Okay. Elena. And Google Jody Siwa. We already did Elena. Elena told us. Well, I bet that's where you find her. I want to oh. get the last word on like, what, what else would you want to make sure folks hear? I want to make sure you get your last yes. word in. If you are feeling like you can't open your mouth because you don't know what to say without looking like a jerk, 
ask yourself if your impact is created by binary thinking. And that is how we can move forward by breaking down our binary thinking and focusing on the impact that we're having. It's not you being a jerk. It's about the impact that you're having. Bam. Bam. Mic drop. Booyaka. <laughs> um, I'm going to reiterate kind of what I'm going to piggyback on both of you, actually. That's why I like going last. Cheater. <laughs> you were a cheater. Cheater. <laughs> Total cheater. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that you, that kind of, that we've talked about a little bit during this conversation is just the idea of kind of suspending and stepping back from what you know. And I'm using air quotes to say no, because I think that's really the bottom line is we think that we know something or that we have an idea of something and taking that breath before you speak, pausing and going, hey, how am I thinking about this? Is it, you know, from a very binary perspective, pausing and thinking about it and 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 sometimes yes, not talking is super okay too. <laughs> super okay. Super okay to just be quiet yeah. sometimes. That's the other part yeah. that I would also say. Uh, like I, we just, so we just did an interview uh, last week and I like, after the fact, I was like, wow, I didn't really talk to her that because I was just listening. I literally mm -hmm. like had done because I was like, Jackie was going and it was great. And we we're talking to Zach and I just was like, I'm going to sit here and take it all in, which was great for me. Jackie had to do all the work, but that's, but yeah, it was just one of those moments. It's like, you're invited to a conversation you might not always be privy to. So it's Absolutely. like, let me be respectful of this place. Absolutely. Right? And then the second one I'm going to say is also go vote. Yes. Midterms are coming quicker than we know. And so please, 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 please go learn about the issues. We have had so many anti-trans bills that have been signed in so many states. We have so many anti-abortion laws that have been signed or, you know, things just, things are not good in so many places. And, and to Jackie's point, we're targeting the most vulnerable groups and we need to stop it. And that is all. Thank you for yes. joining us today. This is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. Thank you, Elena, for being here. This is the Inclusive AF Podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>